What's up guys, it's Shane and welcome back to the Eheng Podcast and today we will answer a question from email. This is from Mr. Tan and the title is Property Investment for a Single Bachelor. Hi Sean, ever since the COVID-19 pandemic, I have followed your YouTube channel and I am still a subscriber today. Yay! <laughs> I'm truly inspired by your passion, love how you willingly share your knowledge and opinions in property investment without making any marketing gimmicks. Your sharing does matter a lot. First and foremost, please do not disclose my name. Yeah? You may address me as Mr. Anonymous. So Mr. Tan, uh, Mr. Anonymous Tan, Tan, I also Tan. Uh. I would like to get some of your advice on my property investment journey to give you some context. Background, I'm 36, single, working in the banking industry, data-related job role, non-commissioned fixed salary earner with monthly net income around 7,000. My commitments are only in properties, but I have five of them. No car, no personal loan, no PTPTN, no credit card, no outstanding loans. First property is a joint name at the SPA with both my parents, where the second, third, fourth, fifth properties SPA are all under my single name. When it comes to investment, I'm a risk-adverse person and chose to invest heavily in properties because of the nature of it. Stable and lower risk as compared to other asset classes. I'm planning to acquire one to two more properties before the age of 40 so I could max out the loan tenure and DSR. I don't have any intention to get married or setting up a family due to some personal reasons. Hence, the portfolio of properties that I'm building now is to have a retirement savings fund when I reach my 70s. Moreover, I do not prefer to join name with others for property purchase, reason being less complications. I have adequate life and medical insurance coverage for myself, and each property under loan also have MRTA, MLTA insurance coverage. My property investment portfolio. First property is a landed two-story terrace house in Cheras, fully paid off by my parents. This property is sort of like the family home where my parents will stay over when they travel to KL. FYI, my hometown is Ipoh too. Yeah. Currently, my younger brother is staying in the house and looking after the maintenance. Second property, service apartment in Wangsa Maju purchased in 2017, where I'm currently staying in. This property could be rented out if I move to another house in the future. It's a two-room, two-bathroom with the size of 662 square feet commercial under HDA. Money installment is around 2001. Third property, purchased in 2020, is a one plus one room, one bedroom Soho in PJ, which is going to be repeat soon. Quarter 1 in 2024. Size is 450 square feet commercial under HDA. Money installment is 1,400. Target tenant will be working professionals as it is a short walking distance to LRT3 station. The fourth property, which is purchased in 2021, is a service apartment in Cheras. Target VP in quarter 3, 2024. The size is 720 square feet, two room, two bath. Commercial under HDA. Money installment is 1,002 as it is 70% loan margin and I had cleared off the differential in down payment using my EPF account too. Target tenant will be working professionals or small family as it is short walking distance to the MRT1 station. The fifth property which just purchased lately in 2023. Service apartment in Cheras, current stage is Paling. Target VP is quarter 4, 2027. The size is 730 square feet. It's a two-room, one-bathroom commercial under HDA. Monthly installment is 4,400. Also 70% loan margin. The differential in down payment, which is 82,000, yet to be built by the developer. 
The target tenants will be working professionals or small family as it is walkable to MRT1 station. So for personal savings, for down payment and renovations, I was just thinking about it as I read through this. Money market funds is around 100,000. EPF account 2 left 20,000. Stocks, unit trust, bonds, ASNB combined total around 60,000. Questions. Number one, do you think I'm overgearing in debt on properties? How to evaluate myself if I'm overgearing or not? Number two, should I diversify my investment portfolio into other asset classes or within the property asset class to look into other types like commercial or land, etc.? I have tried stocks investment last time but could not sleep well when it crashed. Number three, I'm currently looking for my next property purchase target in quarter 4, 2024 or 2025. Is it too rushed to get the next property? Or should I just wait till my rental income becomes stable before looking for properties again? Number four, after the fifth property, I don't think I'm able to raise so much fund for the differential in down payment in the next purchase. Some agents suggested to buy pure commercial projects such as Sofo and Sovo, like Mosex, Paxton's or Flex Suites because the loan can take up to 85%. What is your take on such projects? Are these projects risky because they are not protected under HDA? Sorry for such a long-winded email. I hope to hear your thoughts or some words of advice. Thank you. Best regards. Mr. Anonymous Tan. I must add a Tan so at least you know who he is. But anyway, thank you so much and wow. Five properties and... Very young leh. So let me just summarize for my own benefits, right? Only property loan, no other loan. So that's very, very good. Like when you're 36, technically a lot of people will just get into cars, will just get themselves into debt. Zero outstanding loan, only property loans. And this will then be the differentiating factor. And this is also the best part about properties, in my opinion, where it can be either a home, it can be an investment tool, it can also be a legacy tool. But in other words, right, if Mr. Tan here do not choose to invest in properties anymore, right, basically he's financial free and he can continue to live until the end of his life already debt free. Yeah, I kind of corrected how I pronounced debt. Debt. Yeah, I'm trying to improve my English. 36 years old and no plans to get married at all. Uh, whatever reasons. Lah, huh? Then in terms of production, he has also done well. He has adequate life and medical insurance. And each property is also under MRTA or MLTA insurance coverage. So that is something very, very important I must emphasize, right? Uh, because lately during some talks, a lot of people came to me and they shared about how they had inheritance. I'm sorry for their losses. But what I'm pissed about is their irresponsible guardians. So a lot of them will just like try to surrender the insurance after seven years or after certain years, right? The lock-in period. Just because they want to save up like a few thousand bucks, which I absolutely disagree. Because the side effect is if you are no longer around, your loved ones, your next of kin will inherit this debt. This should sum of financial burden on them and a lot of these people suddenly oh i have the name under my spa so i kind of inherited the property and now i'm stuck with the money installments 
please do not be like those guardians please at least protect yourself in terms of life insurance or just get the MLTA or MRTA after all the entire real estate investment why are we doing so much planning la? making all the informed decisions la? learning about the knowledge and wisdom from other people apply those experiences in our own investment journey for what ultimately it's all for our future and next generation so always choose to invest responsibly but there's one teaching by some other speaker last time lah and you kind of think about it right how do you really be that generation that changes the entire family tree line or your entire bloodline it's by acquiring enough properties under debt and have sufficient insurance on them so whether you want to cover MLTA or you want to cover MRTA entirely up to you up to your financial capabilities but if anything happened to you right instantly all these that will be asset fully paid and passed down to your next of kin one generation gao team of course this is a strategy shared by that speaker but does it make sense yes but the only clause i will add will be to be responsible for it responsible meaning invest within capabilities making informed decisions and always buy insurance to cover do not leave that behind for your loved ones that sucks. Then Mr. Tan here got five properties. The first one is a landed terrace house in Cheras, fully paid ready. So it's not in the loan. So it's fine. The second one is his own stay house in Wangsa Maju. So he can rent out if you want to. But money installment now is 2001. The third property is a Soho Heaven VP. VP being soon next year. And this one is 1004. So 2001, 1004, 3006 already. So it's almost maxing the salary of 7000 already. The fourth property is a Cheras, also commercial under HDA. And this one is 70% loan already. So he's using his EPF account too to clear off the differential amount where sometimes this means usually when developer will come to you hey we got 15% discount okay 5% here 10% here but your loan only can cover 70% so what happens to the 15% extra it needs to be paid in cash and this is when a lot of people do not know especially new ones so this will be a very good tip for a lot of you you can take existing SPAs within two to three years time you can go to EPF office and we draw out 10% of that SPA or everything within your account too. It means that if the property, let's say here is 400,000, you can withdraw out 40,000 from your EPF account too. Or if your account too got only 20 over thousand, you can withdraw everything out. And this process surprisingly is very, very fast and they clear everything like almost immediately. It takes like less than a week for you to process, but do have an online account first. Because this is going to be very convenient when you apply for a loan also. The loan officers will always request an EPF statement always, so might as well just go and get it if you have not done online version yet. I think the first time you need to go to the EPF office and do your fingerprinting to just verify your identification, key in a new password and get it done with. So from then on, any other application for loan, right? You just go online, tit tit, kao team. If not, lah, very mafan. So that's one tip. And he used it on his fourth property already. So his savings is pretty substantial, very good. So the fifth one will be VPing in 2027 where he just bought this year, 2023. 
Got this year also almost ending already. So this one is also 70% loan margin, but the differential of 82,000 is yet to be built. So in money market, it's around 100,000. In stocks and others, it's around 60,000. So on hand, it's around 160 over thousand in cash, right? So the first question is, do you think I'm over gearing in debt? on properties and how to evaluate myself. This depends on individuals, right? And that's why I like doing questions like this because everything is personal. What I mean here is that, because like for me, I have a family, I have a kid, I have a wife to feed. So if anything wrong, I must make sure that they will be protected first, then my parents, then my in-laws, then only I will take care of myself. So I can starve myself, but I cannot starve them. So the variable here will be the amount of emergency fund required. Because like if you decide not to have any children, not to have any family, right? The only kind of commitment you have, Mr. Tan, will be your parents. So if your parents, for any emergency, are they okay? So for example, I don't know whether are they retired? I assume they are. So every month you kind of give them some money or they have their own wealth to begin with. So it's fine. Just that for rainy days, like big emergencies. Lah. Then if suddenly, if you are required to come out with 50,000 cash for some surgery or accident or whatsoever, do they have the sufficient insurance? If they have, then this amount of emergency fund can be less. This also depends on your comfort level. Like for me, now because of having a family, the amount of cash on hand needs to be more compared to when I was a bachelor. So ultimately, it's really based on comfort level. Another good gauge to establish the amount required will be, let's say if two of your properties, six months cannot rent out. Can you sustain? Because now you look at it, right? Your rental for your insurance property is 1,004. So interest is going to be like three, 400 for now. Then the fourth property is going to be VP zone. So you need 1,002. Then the third property, the Soho PJ is 1,004. So it's 2,006. Your own rent is 2,000. So you are 4,007. 4,007, but your salary is only 7,000. So you are left with 2,000 plus to live only. You have done so well all the time already, but just in case, right? Just in case if these properties, let's say three properties, right? Two properties cannot rent out for six months. Can you tahan? So it's around 3,000 for two properties for a month. So let's say 18,000. So let's have a 20,000 buffer because now every month, right? If all cannot rent out, you are only left with 2,000 plus. And I think because you are gearing up a lot already, like, are you comfortable ultimately? Are you comfortable with having 2,000 plus per month if all are empty? And what about the renovation fund? Like the fifth property, they haven't come and asked for the 82,000 differential sum yet. But if you pay that up, right, you're almost left with nothing. Leh. I'm here, nothing means cash on hand. Leh. So I know that you are 36. Personally, I do have some questions for you also, but maybe I'll just keep that until I answer all your question first. Like, you know, I answer your question with a question. A bit weird or so. The second question, should I diversify my investment portfolio? But you kind of said that you tried stock investment last time, but you cannot sleep. So here, diversification can be in two types. One can be across other asset class like Bitcoins, crypto, NFTs, watches, artworks, vintage cars. 
Pokemon cards, mutual funds, bond, whatsoever. So these are the other alternatives that you can invest and put your money into. But within property itself, there's also several ways of diversification. Number one, you can either diversify into other categories like land, like you say land, factory, shop lots or whatsoever. But these categories are way higher in terms of upfront payment and holding power. That's why not many people are playing those, including me. I'm also inching my way. Hopefully, I can get one factory soon. Still working on it because the upfront payment is really very, very complicated. The entry price is just very, very high. So I think for now, based on your first question, are you over gearing? I think so. I really think so. Then the third question, I'm currently looking for my next property purchase around next year or in the next two years. Is it too rushed? Uh, yes. <laughs> Yes, but I'll all answer one goal, right? Then the fifth, after the fifth property, I can't really raise so much funds for the differential payments anymore. So some agents are suggesting commercial projects because you get to loan up to 85%. And if the developer offers 12% or 13%, then you only pay 2 to 3% of the differential sum instead of the huge 15% some more. Okay, so is it a good idea? I think it's okay. But let me just summarize what I'm trying to say. Right, just now when you calculate like you, with an income of 7,000, you are owning five properties, right? Well, technically it's four because one is fully paid by your parents. So that can be the emergency fund whenever you need anything. But this is not as liquid as we want it to be. For example, suddenly I need like 500,000. Where do I get 500,000? And why do I need 500,000? It's either for business, usually for cash flow, or it's really heavy in emergency when there's a car accident or whatever, touch wood. But if the family is covered in insurance, it shouldn't be a problem. So you are just left with the small liquid stuff. For example, if you are landed in a car insurance, you need a replacement car or your car breakdown, you need to kind of invest in those as well so those are lifestyle expenses opex maybe you want to look through that as well so that will kind of answer your emergency fund portion and that will determine are you over gearing and that will determine do you should you still purchase more to me i think the ultimate question right because like i'm doing this for my future family line Right, I want to be the generation where my grand grandson will look into whatever version of YouTube that they have. They're able to be inspired by how I built the entire portfolio, and now they are actually enjoying the fruits of my labor. Well, that's some secret thing that I'm just sharing right now. That's why I'm putting everything on record now. So that's a bonus thing why I'm doing, trying to help out everybody to do as good as possible in their investment journey so we get to really change the future for our family line together but like you will say for whatever reasons right, i think there needs to be a clarification on why you're pushing yourself so hard so hard here means right like for seven thousand you're owning four housing loans yourself right it's a huge thing like i know because you don't have other commitments right that's very admirable but my question again is why? Why are you pushing yourself so hard? Because at 36, technically 7,000 is not a big salary at all. It's technically an AM salary when a normal graduate can get around five to eight years time after working. So why you chose not to kind of enjoy life a little bit, go vacation a little bit, splurge on some things? Why purely property? But one thing to say here is that all your property choices are very strategic. Strategic here means the sizes are very compact 
and it's all attached to MRTs. So it won't be that bad. And I don't know which property you just gave me the location, but I assume everything is fine because the commitment is all 1,000 plus, 2,000 plus. And if you look at the current rent around KL, right? Rent is getting crazy. Leh. Like it's very easy to just say that, oh, property price cannot make it like Malaysia, right? Ah, yeah. But if you pay close attention, property price are hiking, are going up. So I'm pretty confident like for those that you are doing, right? It will be fine. But just for protection wise, take care of the 82,000 differential sum for your fifth property. Take care of the renovation fund for the two upcoming ones. So like for that size, it's going to be around 18 to 25,000. But you can always go to the makeover guys website, get a quotation and see how much you need to pay. Aga aga, see what's the cost required to furnish up to that level. But if budget is a problem, you can always do it yourself. But the main thing here is the budget to kind of establish for the renovation when they are handed over. Well, if it's it's fully furnished when you buy then it's bonus like everything is under the loan so as written in the email this is for your future so i guess this is your format of passive income when you are maybe 70 60 to 70 like you say and for those who don't understand here means like now when he is 36 he buy by 25 years later or 30 years later right by 70 years old all this property will be paid off and there will be not the main home but four properties and he can rent somewhere else and if you just imagine four are all paying for like two thousand extra a month so this is a rental income of eight thousand already per month so eight thousand is it entirely eight thousand by then technically yes unless you include maintenance fees you include some repair fee or whatsoever but so here means that at 70 years old he will have five properties total in his name where his net worth is going to be crazy but it's a rental income that makes it really interesting so let's say the brother also move out he can stay in that one here is 8,000 rental income every month without working so that's the goal right so to me this is going to sound very foreign because i've always been very very aggressive with my investment right but this time i'm kind of going to tell you to kind of slow down a little bit not stop but slow down a little bit where you can declare the incomes from the properties that you can go because for the third one once you vp next year you want to pay out renovation for it then after you renovate it then only you rent it out then you have six months before it can be calculated into your dsr again to acquire more loan if you want to right then the fourth one is going to come out two years from now another three years from now in the meantime you want to acquire more right the strategy will be this it's best if you can get a property that has high cash back so this will be a different twist right kind of slow down a little bit and I would encourage you to explore other formats of acquiring properties besides just going to the retail because looking at the amount of lessons you've gone through already all purchases most of them are done via retail format meaning whatever that's placed on store which is the market you just acquire them via agents or whatever nothing wrong this is how the market purchase but I would suggest some other formats which is the underground kind of format where I said this before already you can buy new from developer buy sub sale buy auction and buy bulk purchase so this is via the investment club where I would suggest you to kind of venture in a little bit because you have enough and sufficient experience on the first format already because you are already doing whatever beyond the normal Malaysian so I think I encourage everybody to just have like three properties under their name before retirement 
you are doing that already you can wait for retire already the only difference here is instead of being obsessed with the numbers of property be obsessed with the quality of property as well a lot of time people will just be very cool oh sean i got 12 sean i got 25 like sean you won't go 25 right i know but now i'm kind of have that mind right do you prefer to have six smaller ones or you want to have a big good one but then how do you determine what's good what's bad is purely based on the potential of the property against the market value so if you buy below market then that's good and also against the cash flow potential like if the future rent can cover two days installment right that like the current rent can cover future installment right why not that would be the best right so to me instead of busy pursuing whatever that's available in the market i would suggest you to kind of slow down a little bit get your third property rented out fourth property rented out and you have a cash flow issue right so it means you kind of slow down a little bit why you want to push yourself some more as you are required to pay another eighty-two thousand plus renovation and another twenty-five thousand. you need to have another one zero seven thousand on hand where do you get that because currently in your savings is also you want to liquid everything man so that's something to think about so i would suggest to hold on let it roll first meanwhile go look into a different segment of market and to see the deals available besides whatever retail deals you have on your table that would be my advice but personally i'm way more interested in your why the big why and it's very inspiring because like a person with 7,000 having so many properties, technically you have four and that's crazy. Of course, if you want to go all out, let's say if you want to go all out again, who am I to stop you from investing more, right? So if you want to go out all the way, again, you will first need to think about the renovation fee for the third property and the differential fee for the fifth property before you can further invest more. So those will be the two hurdles. First. So how do you get extra 100 over 1,000 besides saving money? because you kind of exhaust everything already and that would be the struggle as well as a fixed income earner so if you don't have a business you don't have a side gig right seven thousand that's it though. at most ten percent increment which is like a very good thing already seven thousand seven but after tax it's going to be like seven thousand three so it's never going to be any more so that's about it lah. and that's the reality that i think it's falling upon a lot of mid-30s people also and the trouble with mid-30s people with family is even worse like i have a kid right he's like two two and a half years old only the expenses on his things right like the entire shelf is all his things his toys his books whatsoever we haven't even think about his primary school secondary school tertiary education whatsoever of course there's a cheap there's always a cheap version to do that there's always government school whatsoever right but as a parent we always want to treat the best for them but your salary is only capped all the time unless you switch company but that depends highly on individual and the niche of your work this most often the time will be the struggles of a person who is around mid-30s but the only difference for mr tan here is there's no obsession to cars for other things so it's a clean sheet that's something that i really encourage other investors to model and learn but again when you have children right the whole thought process is different man ayo suddenly if i drive a saloon car oh i have a baby now i must drive a four-wheel drive suddenly man you know baby is like this morning you don't really need to upgrade your car don't just take him for every excuse for upgrading <laughs> well i got new baby i need to put a car seat man. that's why i need a bigger car a bigger car must be branded for safety ma then i need a better phone to take his pictures ma never ending on this kind of topic but ultimately again mr tan my take for you will be to slow down settle the fifth property differential sum first 
then save up for the renovation for the third property, fourth property, and fifth property before heading for the sixth. Meanwhile, while, while saving up for all these, figure out what's your big why. If the big why is an amount, it's fine. Let's say, okay, I want to have a secondary income or a rental income up to 10,000. I'm fine. So that will be the goal. I hold this until I'm 60, then I'll sell one and use that to cover the fourth. So I will have four fully paid properties and monthly 10,000 rent. So I'm worth around two to three million when I'm 60 over. Okay, really, if you want more 10,000, okay. I will encourage you to explore other formats of buying because of your circumstance. Now you got no more cash really when there are other formats of buying properties with a little bit more cash back and rebates or whatsoever. Do venture into them. Also something extra to think about the legacy portion of your investment journey because if you decide not to have a family right so when you build all this right when you are gone i assume all this will be passed to your brother and if he has a family then most likely it will be passed to him or even passed to charity whatsoever just something cool to think about it because if not everything is just like paid for nothing i just like to add a little bit meaning to the properties that i'm investing so it'll be a greater driving force to pay monthly installments lah. <laughs> but again thank you very much for sharing your email Seven thousand net income gets to pay for four properties if all are rented outright your income is very very high leh. wow i thought i'm a high risk person you are not that bad <laughs> and i guess that's all for today for those who still have any questions regarding real estate do just email me at t-a-n-i-h-e-r-n-g t-a-n-i-h-e-r-n-g at gmail.com or you can just dm me on instagram i-h-e-r-n-g and i'll see you guys on the next one ciao when love comes in my heart.